Hey everyone, thanks for tuning into this episode of the Aquademia Podcast. I'm Sean O'Loughlin. I'm Justin Grant. And I'm Maddie Cassidy. And today we are once again going to be visiting one of our earlier episodes. But before we do that, like always, leave us a five-star rating and review. Please subscribe to our show. Follow us on social at Aquademia Pod or send us an email, podcast at Aquaculture Alliance. Org. Awesome. So I just want to give a little background as to why we're doing this today. You know, we, we got a lot of good feedback when we re-released one of our previous episodes that a lot of people hadn't heard it. We re-released our global climate change episode. But this week we are releasing an episode called What Does the Word Sustainable Actually Mean? And the reason I thought that this was a good one, or actually it was Maddie's idea, but I agreed with her in thinking that this was a good one to re-release because I've seen a couple large companies uh, like Amazon and and Verizon Wireless uh, make some pledges recently to, to be carbon neutral by 2025. Or I think I think Amazon's was uh, to be using fully renewable energy by 2040, 100%, something like that. So some pretty bold sustainability claims. And it seems like there's a lot of talk about sustainability happening right now. So we thought it would be kind of cool to revisit our idea of what the word sustainable actually means when it comes to the seafood business. So this episode was recorded last year. Uh, it's a little bit older, but I think the content is all still relevant. And if you haven't heard it before, then this is another chance. And if you like it, go back and listen to those earlier episodes again. Yeah, there's some good stuff in the earlier episodes. So make sure you go back and listen if you haven't been a longtime listener. And one last thing before we get into the actual show. In the next few weeks, we're going to be doing a listener feedback episode. So we're really excited to hear from all of you. And we want to get as many questions from you as possible. So if you have a very basic seafood question, if you have a question that's more about the aquaculture business, if you have any sort of question relating to topics we've covered in the past, different species, how coronavirus has impacted the industry, we would love to hear from you. And we're excited to get our creative juices flowing and answering all of your questions. So you can send us questions to the channels that Justin mentioned earlier. So you can either tweet us your question at AquademiaPod or you can email us your question podcast at aquaculturealliance.org. And we look forward to hearing from you. That's right. Can't wait to hear all that. And we will talk to you next week. Enjoy this throwback episode. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Aquademia Podcast. I'm your host, Sean O'Loughlin. And I'm Justin Grant. Before we get into the show, we want to remind you to subscribe on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere you listen to podcasts. That way, whenever we release a new episode, it'll be automatically delivered to you, giving you the ability to pump some seafood knowledge directly into your ears whenever you choose to. Also, make sure to rate and leave us a review on iTunes so that knowledge can be pumped into more ears. Today, we're talking about sustainability and what that word actually means to us. You'll hear from some more of our experts, including Holly Froelich, Maddie Cassidy, and Avery Siciliano. All right, time to get to it. Let's talk about seafood. Welcome to the Aquademia Podcast. Our diet is hurting the environment in myriad ways. I mean, we desperately need to eat more seafood. This is a pioneering industry with a whole lot of people who have really good ideas and a lot of experience and are unafraid. Aquademia is your go-to podcast for a fresh take on all things seafood. On this podcast, we use the word sustainable over and over and over again. This is what we're all about, increasing the consumption of sustainable seafood. So 
When we say sustainable seafood or sustainability, what does that actually mean? Okay, dictionary definition. Sustainable, capable of being maintained at a steady level without exhausting natural resources or causing severe ecological damage. Right, makes sense. Okay, but what does it mean when we're talking about seafood? And there's people that dedicate their lives to studying that word, sustainability, for the particular purpose and, and use in the seafood sector. Basically, it means making choices that will allow you to continue to eat seafood more in the future, right? I think that the word sustainable through a seafood kind of viewpoint would be the ability to produce and consume at a level that does not interfere with future generations' ability to produce and consume at that same level. It's the means by which we can feed today's people without impacting future generations' abilities to use the same natural resources and species that we have without impacting their access to that. From a seafood perspective, um, if we're thinking about something like the blue economy or blue growth, when you tie it together with that concept of growth and use of aquatic resources, but not at the cost of the environment, finding some balance between the resources that we want and need, whether that be the actual resources or the livelihoods and jobs that are associated with that, but again, not at the demise of the larger benefits and health of, say, the oceans, if we're getting it from the marine environment. It's interesting how seafood compares to other proteins. For example, beef is beef. There are different cuts, but ultimately it comes from one species. Chicken comes from one species, pork, ham, bacon, it all comes from one species. Seafood covers hundreds of different species. Some vertebrates, some invertebrates, some with shells, some with spiny skin, some big, some small. Seafood lumps a lot of different foods together, but it plays on the same fields as these other proteins. I think that's what makes seafood confusing and intimidating to some people. Having such a wide variety of options when it comes to seafood means that we have choices to make. We can make good choices, bad choices, uninformed choices, misled choices, healthy choices, not so healthy choices, or the choice not to choose and just grab an extra pound of ground beef. Widespread commercial fishing has always struggled with this. There's a demand for seafood, fishermen want to land as many fish as they can to feed as many people as possible and to make as much money as possible. The issue comes when they catch too much in a short time period, causing the stocks of those fish to shrink in size, leading to overfishing and fish population depletion. This is a classic tragedy of the commons situation. Tragedy of the commons, where individual users acting independently according to their own self-interest behave contrary to the common good of all users by depleting or spoiling a natural resource through their collective action. It's an overdramatic way to say that the natural resource is being depleted because we're taking it out of the ocean faster than it can grow to maintain its population and availability. Fisheries have leveled off um, globally, but in a lot of locations we're seeing declines. There's efforts to reform fisheries in certain areas. The shining star of sustainable wild-caught seafood has been the American lobster industry. Way back when the industry was young, the lobstermen wanted to avoid this potential population depletion and came up with a plan to self-regulate the availability of their product. They developed size regulations saying that if a lobster you catch is smaller than a certain size, it needs to be thrown back so it can continue to grow. And if a lobster is larger than a specific size, it's proven to be strong and healthy and should be tossed back in to continue to breed strong, healthy lobsters. These size limits and the fact that the lobstermen self-regulate the rules has proven to work. 
The American lobster is one of the most sustainable choices you can make for wild-caught seafood, which is great because farming lobsters is pretty tough and not as financially feasible as farming some other seafood species. So clearly the first thing we think of with sustainability is the environment, but what about the people that keep those businesses running? All of the inputs into the product need to be in balance. So that can be anything from human labor or food safety, animal safety, environmental impact. It can be any of those things. If any one of those things is stressed or strained, then that automatically makes the product unsustainable. Social accountability is the side of sustainability that doesn't get as much attention but is equally as important. So I think you really can't have sustainability without a focus on human rights. This is Avery Siciliano. Sure. So hi, I'm Avery Siciliano. Avery work works in GAA's at, uh, Program Integrity Department and focuses on the social accountability of the facilities that we work with. My focus on the Program Integrity team is on social accountability and human rights in the BAP standard and making sure that workers are represented and protected in the BAP standards. The environment and, and human rights are just really interconnected. You see, especially in fisheries and aquaculture and seafood, you see certain human rights issues coming because of a lack of management of the environment. And so to have just general sustain seafood sustainability, you really need to have also sustainability on the human rights front. Every industry has their social issues. When you start digging into forced labor and human trafficking, you really see that it's in every industry. <laughs> the electronics industry has been dealing with it a long time. The textile industry has been dealing it, with it for a long time. And seafood is relatively new at, at kind of figuring out these abuses and, and trying to solve them. We've mentioned in some of our episodes and interviews that there aren't as many evil people out there as some people think, but... Unfortunately, there are some people out there doing things that can definitely be perceived as evil. Slave labor, withholding of personal documentation, overworking and underpaying employees. These are all things that happen in all industries and seafood is no different. The biggest problem that we are seeing and biggest challenges that we're facing are related to responsible recruitment. So in certain countries, workers are recruited from neighboring regions and to do that they usually go through a labor broker just someone who helps with language issues helps them get a visa helps them get a passport helps arrange maybe a medical check to get from one country to another and so these migrant workers are the most vulnerable population to these abuses and so when they use a labor broker in certain situations they'll pay a fee to get into the country and for all of these other different things like the visa but sometimes those fees will be really excessive and they'll basically be trapped into kind of a debt bondage situation when they get to the actual facility because they are, have paid, they're indebted to the labor broker, they might even be indebted to the facility, and they're not able to make enough money to repay that, um, especially when there's, there's usually a really high interest rate. And so they're essentially working at the facility, paying off this debt, but working at the facility for free and trapped there. Using these poor practices doesn't make for a sustainable product. And it's really hard for us to know if this is a problem with the production of the specific product that we're buying. The good news is, just as there are programs that are checking to make sure that companies are producing sustainable products in regards to the environment and food safety, there are also companies checking and verifying that these companies are socially responsible. Treating their workers right. And allowing them the freedoms that they deserve. That anyone deserves, really. In some countries, these production facilities, fish farms in particular, are more than just job sites for these workers. They live there, raise their families there, their kids get educated there. Their whole life revolves around this workplace. 
In some of these instances, we've seen filthy living quarters with little to no privacy, limited access to clean bathrooms, and some businesses have been caught with their locks on the outside of their employees' living quarters. You guys, this is not okay. That's why groups like BAP, Humanity United, Liberty Shared, and the International Justice Mission are actively checking on this and taking actions against social criminal activity. We're lucky in some regard that other industries have already dealt with this, these problems and have, were able to learn from their practices and, and the solutions that they've come up with to try to enhance and improve both aquaculture and wild fisheries. They're visiting the facilities, interviewing employees and crew members, making sure that the fish farms, processing plants, fishing vessels, that they're all being socially responsible and held accountable for the way that they treat their workers. It's a big movement that you don't hear too much about, but in some cases, it's saving lives. The part of the reason that human rights in fish and seafood is so complex is because there's really a lack of transparency in the seafood supply chain. But there are a lot of good, positive efforts that are going on on the ground to kind of remediate this, and, you know, certification definitely plays a huge role in that. There is literally no downside to living more sustainably. It may be hard to think about changing the way we do some things, which is why people need to look at this as a cumulative thing. Making little changes helps a lot, like checking which species are the best choices when you're selecting your seafood, tightening up our water use or trying to use less plastics by carrying refillable water bottles or using reusable food storage containers, stuff like that. These little life changes add up to make a pretty big difference in everyday sustainability. Check out the show notes for links to some ways that you can start making little changes to live a more sustainable life. Making good purchasing decisions when you're at the fish counter is crazy important, not just to the sustainability of the fishery, but also to the people who filleted that fish, processed that fish, picked the shrimp. It really does make a difference. It's on the producers a lot more than the consumers to, of course, make the product sustainably, but then to also be able to market that to consumers. So consumers know what they're buying. They know when they look at on the shelf that this is a sustainably produced good without being vague about it. We want to hear how you live sustainably. To share your tips for a sustainable life, shoot us an email at podcast at aquaculturealliance.org or call 603-384-3560 to leave us a recorded voicemail. If we get some good tips, we'll be sure to read or play your message on the show. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Aquademia Podcast. Remember, if you want access to the full interviews with our experts, as well as education courses, videos, newsletters, go to www.aquaculturealliance.org membership and become a member. These people really are experts in their fields, and these episodes only scratch the surface of the conversations we have with them. Once again, I'm Sean O'Loughlin. And I'm Justin Grant. Thanks for listening.